Have you ever thought about running away overseas together? Maybe getting married over there, but wondered what the legalities are? I bang on about it all the time, but having a wedding ceremony that you love is not just a nice to have, it's a must have. The setting aside of considered time, space, and your intentions to the commitment to hang out with each other is special and not to be underestimated or, in my opinion, rushed to suit other people's schedules. So today, I'm going to share with you the legal requirements of marriages all around the world. I'm going to chat about Canadian, Irish, New Zealand, North American, English and Australian wedding ceremonies and share about what the minimum content requirements are as well. You know, what you have to say during your ceremony to make it legal. I think you'll be pleasantly surprised. Now, obviously not every single legislative requirement and process, but this is an outline for you to get the gist of. And I've also listed the appropriate countries' websites to go to for in-depth and continually updated legal information about marriages. Please research and make sure that you're completely aware of your rights and requirements before committing to a marriage overseas. But for now, let's go for a quick trip around the world. Let's get stuck into this. Unbridely is a community of pro-wedding vendors who believe in freedom and integrity in weddings, giving you options, solutions, tips and tricks to create the experience and memories that you and your fiancé really want and deserve. Because we believe that weddings are a team sport. With how-tos, stories and interviews with recently married couples, we find out what went right and what they'd change if they could go back and do it all over again. I'm Camille and welcome to the Unbridly podcast. So I've done a little bit of research on your behalf, of course, because I know that while a lot of my listeners are from Australia and hi to my fellow Aussies, I feel privileged to be in your ear holes right now. Some of my listeners are from the UK, some from Ireland, uh, Canada, I was about to say Canada, well done Camille, Canada and New Zealand and of course the United States as well. And so I just wanted to like quickly go over what is the absolute minimum for your ceremony? You know, what do you have to do? We want to start with that as a foundation, build on top of it you know, these next few tips that I'd really like you to think about. And then you put your personality on top of that. Think of it as a cake. (laughs) We're building a beautiful wedding ceremony cake. And with each layer comes different flavors, different structure, and then your sprinkles on top. And that's exactly what we're building. So for those in New Zealand, and thanks to Jade Whaley for this information. So she's a celebrant across the Dutch in New Zealand. And she let me know that for New Zealanders, couples need to get a license at least three business days prior to getting married and within a window of 90 days. So once you get your license, you can use it for the next 90 days. And this license gets emailed to the couple and they give it to the celebrant who checks their ID, make sure they're all above board of legal age, you know, not married to others and all that. But when it comes down to what's actually in the ceremonies in New Zealand, the minimum words that have to be said are, I, name, take you, name, to be my legal husband, wife, or partner. And that's it. So this is exactly what I mean. This is your party. 
You can do what you like, where you like, when you like, how you like. That is the minimum. Isn't that crazy? Okay. So then if we're talking about Ireland, Romy McCauley, who's a solemnizer celebrant, she has let me know that there are three different classifications of people who can get you married in Ireland. They are civil, secular, and religious. And there are certain rules in Ireland about where marriages are solemnized. So some religious solemnizers will only conduct a marriage ceremony in their own buildings. So think like the Catholic Church. And others will happily go anywhere as long as it satisfies the open to the public rule. But these details aside, when it comes down to the ceremony itself, there are two legal declarations that have to be said in Ireland. One is that there is no impediment to marriage no reason why the marriage cannot go ahead, in other words. And the second legal declaration is that they want to marry each other. And that's it. So again, it's your party, sing your own song, do it your way. Across in Canada, Cheryl Pedley got back to me and let me know that the legalities of marriage in Canada comes down to different provincial rulings depending on where you are in Canada. So for herself in British Columbia, couples would need to get a marriage license and a registration of marriage. They can then use this within three months of issue and give it to a celebrant minister or marriage commissioner who then conducts the ceremony and submits the info afterwards with vital statistics in Canada. With the form of the ceremony, there are only a couple of things that are happening there as well. And they are, I solemnly declare that I do not know of any lawful impediment why I, name, may not be joined in matrimony to, name. And then I call on those present to witness that I, name, take name to be my lawful wedded wife, husband or spouse. Claire Dunford is a celebrant in England and said that sadly celebrants can't complete the legal part of a marriage ceremony and that a celebrant-led ceremony can be done anywhere, but the legal part must be completed by a registrar or religious official in a building or space that's been licensed for marriage. I said that was a pain in the ass and she said yes. (laughs) But the marriage law reform is being campaigned for but will probably not be a change that happens soon. But there is a big difference between a registrar and a celebrant-led ceremony. And it comes down to how the couple wants to celebrate. Because, of course, the celebrant can offer something completely original, unique, bespoke, however you want to put it, it's yours. There are no restrictions around that. And Claire was saying offering choice is everything. So I absolutely agree, Claire, and I really hope that that changes for celebrants in England really soon. You still haven't written your vows yet, have you? Let me help. In around 20 minutes or so, you can easily write personalised wedding vows unlike anything you've heard before that will make your fiancé feel like the most loved, understood and appreciated person on the planet. The how to write wedding vows that don't suck. <laughs> Instant download. 17 page PDF ebook walks you through a step by step format for your vows. How to find the right words and phrases to describe your feelings and your fiance. How to write that crucial first draft and create your final wedding vows masterpiece. So if you don't know how or even where to start, if you've been Googling your little heart out, or if you've been calling them wedding vows, 
A-E-I-O-U, this ebook is for you. Included in there are also some bonus secrets for getting the most out of your wedding ceremony. So make sure you download your copy right now and get Write Your Wedding Vows crossed off your to-do list today. The link is in the show notes. And then across in the US from the Church of Ancient Ways Long Island Wedding Officiants, Marie Gismondi. Did I say that right, Marie? (laughs) You need to be getting a license, which is good for 60 days, and it takes 24 hours to mature. So 24 hours notice, if you like, and then you've got 60 days to use it. There are some allowances for those who are in the military. They get an extended marriage license time up to 180 days. And in New York State, you need a proof of termination of previous marriage or domestic partnership and two forms of ID. But when it comes down to it, the officiant has to directly ask the person, do you take name to be your husband or wife? And there needs to be a clear affirmative yes in response and a pronouncement of marriage. Similar to, I now pronounce you husband and wife, or something like, join together as one in love and marriage, perhaps for a gender diverse couple. Again, two sentences. You don't need to have the same ceremony as anyone else, and you should love it. You should enjoy it. It should be amazing, incredible, part of your story for all time. Okay, so here in Australia, once we get past that, you're over 18, not too closely related, not married to someone else, we do an ID check. Then we do something called a notice of intended marriage, which needs to be lodged at least one month prior to your wedding ceremony and no earlier than 18 months out. We fill out that form, we sign it together. You sign a declaration of no legal impediment to marriage, as close as possible to the ceremony, similar to the other countries in that you're declaring that there is no reason why you can't be married, except it's done on a form. It doesn't have to be said aloud during your ceremony. And then there are three certificates that you sign once you do your ceremony. But the content, what you're actually saying in this thing As a Commonwealth authorised celebrant here in Australia, I'm required to say three sentences and they are around my full name and my authority. I have to identify who I am and what the hell I'm doing. And then a little sentence that goes, before you're joined in marriage in my presence and in the presence of everyone here, I'm to remind you of the solemn and binding nature of the relationship into which you are now about to enter. Essentially, that sentence means, this is serious, mate. This is law. And this is not a drill. And then the definition of marriage in Australia. Marriage, according to law in Australia, is the union of two people to the exclusion of all others voluntarily entered into for life. I'd love to give one last shout out to the international celebrants who put their hand up and talked to me a bit about what happens in their country. Cheers to Jade Whaley in New Zealand, Romy McCauley in Ireland, Cheryl Pedley, from Canada, Claire Dunford, independent celebrant from the UK, and Marie Gismondi from the United States of America. Thank you very much, ladies. And I really appreciate your time and expertise. That about wraps it up for this episode of the Unbridly Podcast. 
For the links and resources we mentioned, please head to the show notes. And if you love the show, please review and subscribe on the podcast platform you're on now so you don't miss out on a single episode. Thanks so much for listening. And remember, weddings are a team sport. Catch you soon.